Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome to another episode of the Journey Within podcast. I am your host today, Aaron Blasey. Mark is on the road somewhere doing what he does, and uh, I'm at WTA headquarters, and I've got Jeremy Ivey in studio with me. But on the other line, we have Gavin and Michael Sawicki, and this one's going to be a good one. I am really excited about this one because I was actually able to tag along with Gavin and Michael on a once-in-a-lifetime hunt uh, on a bighorn sheep hunt in New Mexico not too long ago. And we're going to get in today the whole process uh, of this whole hunt. And the reason why we got Jeremy Ivey from WTA Tags here is because he was your guys' consultant, and I'm super Super pumped about this. So, guys, thank you very much for coming on today and uh, doing this. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So, let's uh, let's do this. So, first and foremost, I want to get into the whole process. I want to talk about, you know, the kids apply for free uh, with WTA and everything, but I also want to talk about that first conversation that Jeremy and Michael had. So, Jeremy, kind of run us through this first and foremost, like, you know, when you talk to Michael and how that whole process went. Yeah, so it was a pretty typical conversation. Mike called in, was interested in our tag service, how all that works. And so we started discussing, you know, what kind of species he was interested in, how often he wanted to hunt, the regular regular conversation sure. we have. Everything was going well throughout it. Uh, eventually we come up and, you know, Mike mentioned that he had a, had a son that wanted to hunt. So I, I encouraged him to take advantage of our our offer that we do that the kids apply free and so conversation progressed we continue to talk about that it, you know i think it if, if i remember right mike i think we talked a couple times before we got everything finalized yeah we sure did um and you know with that i had no idea you know if jeremy didn't bring up to me about the kids i, I just didn't even think about it um and when he brought it up i'm like yes let's do it and um you know we spoke several times about it jeremy was definitely uh kept reminding me because honestly i had forgotten about it and um he had actually called he had called me i think about a week or two before the deadline he's like what do you want to do i'm like let's do it um so without that phone call and, and reminding me uh we may not be doing this podcast <laughs> i actually remember that phone call i remember calling and be like Hey, Mike, you know, we should, uh, if we're going to get Gavin in, New Mexico's coming up. New Mexico's a state that we really push for the kids. They have a lot of opportunities they offer offer the youth. And I, I actually remember, you know, I talked to quite a few people. I, yeah. I remember most people, but I, I do kind of remember that conversation. And, and, and I remember, ah, what the heck, we'll go ahead and do the sheep. Because, I, you know, I, I told him how we float the tag fees and yep. with the reduced rates for kids and, you know, how affordable it was. And New Mexico being a no-point state everybody's on equal terms. Uh, I, I do remember that conversation and Mike's like, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and do it. Let's get him in. You never know. Right. No, yeah. but that's pretty cool. Michael, you know, uh, Jeremy 
he mentioned the float to tag fee. How you being on the the consumer end or the client end with the with the float of the tag fee? How how did uh, you like that? I mean, honestly, for me, it was a no brainer. I mean, you know, we didn't put him in for every species in North America, but we were targeting sheep. And, you know, to put in for, I think we ended up putting in for five or six states. I don't even think it was, you know, to me, it was just an absolute no brainer, right? You got to do it. But I just wasn't, never even thought about it, right? Sure. So if you didn't bring it up. And I remember that conversation I had with him because we were talking about it. We're like, okay, you know, Jeremy, you know, done all the research. These are the states, et cetera. And I said to him after we did it, I said, what is it like when someone draws a tag? And I remember he's like, it's, you know, it's one of the best days in the office you can have. And I'm like, man, I really hope that <laughs> we were joking. I'm like, I really hope I get that, you know, experience. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, uh, we did. So, yeah. So the tag fee float for, for me is like, it's one of those things to me, it's a no brainer as well. You know, one of my biggest States that I like to do is Iowa as a non-resident. So, you know, when you apply for that tag, you're, you're throwing 650, $700 out there. That's like, you know, in one tag, it you know they float that, and obviously you got to pay it back. But some people might not have that when you have a robust robust uh, portfolio. You know, you might have two thousand, three thousand dollars sitting out there. It's like I got to pay for all that right away. You know. So, Jeremy, can you elaborate a little bit more on that that tag fee float? Yeah, you're talking about a, a total number. Like if you were to take just a sheep in in New Mexico, it's thirty six hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, when you look at the odds, and and say you want to do like Mike and Gavin, you know, five or six sheep states and a couple of those require the float. Well, you can get 15, 20,000 that you have to put out there. And, sure. you know, when you look at the odds, it can be a big deterrent for people to not, not put it out there just because it's such an inconvenience on those odds where us floating the tag fee, it, it makes it a lot more manageable. Yep. So moving ahead a little bit, you, you put them in for the tag after that, that, uh, that call. And then, you know, some time goes by. So then the draw results come out. And Jeremy, you're the first one to find out, weren't you? You know, what happened? So, yeah, when the draws post around here, the girls start going through. And, and then they start trickling into our, our queues where we where we can see who draw. And, you know, what, on days, you're still working on, on draw days. But you, every time you get a free minute, you hurry and open. And, yeah. you know, and I remember opening and seeing, you know, successful wheeler peak sheep tag for, for gavin i was like unbelievable you know like what <laughs> what an unbelievable tag like those are the days it's like man it's cool to be a consultant to call somebody and, and be able to share news like that and 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 to be part of the experience like uh yeah it was pretty cool i gave mike a call and it was uh i remember him being shocked like it <laughs> it, it, it took a while for it to, to set in that he actually really drew it and yeah yeah so what are the odds i know michael you i think you figured them out as well maybe jeremy you might know as well but what are the odds for some a non-resident drawing that unit tag that wheeler peak tag from what i saw online i saw that it was 0.06 percent percent yeah right they only give out what two non-resident tags for that unit two non-resident tags yes that's that's crazy. That's and you know we talked about it in camp when we were just kind of BSing, but that's a once in a lifetime deal, you know. Sure. So I, I want to bring Gavin in here a little bit as well here, Michael. So Gavin, if you're ready, man, I want to hear from your perspective the day that your dad called you and you were out riding your bike and he told you to get home. <laughs> oh, uh, we just got back from was it? Florida, Florida for spring break. We just got back from my grandma's house in Florida, and uh, I haven't seen my friends in like a week, so I went. I went to go in town with them on my bike, and so uh, after in town, we went to a school that's like close to my house, and we were hanging around. And then my dad called me when I was biking home, and he was like, "You got a minute?" And uh, I was like, "Yeah, but I'm gonna be." in the house in like five minutes i'm on our street biking home and he was like okay i'll see you then so like i'm biking home and uh i get in the driveway and he and he his face is like blown up and i'm like 
And my, I think it, I've been wishing for a new four wheeler. So I'm thinking <laughs> that, but, um, uh, I get there and he's like, you know, that, that Ram tag that I put you in for, he was like, you just got it. And I was like really excited. Like I, I wanted to like go through everything and just like, I was really excited. Wow. And I mean, now it being over, Gavin, do you like, has it hit you yet that like, that is like a once in a lifetime thing. And like, you know, how fortunate and fortunate enough it is for you to draw that tag to like, has it hit you yet? Yeah. I mean, I was like, I was like, eh. when my mom, when my dad put in for the tag, I was like, eh. We're probably not going to get it. And then I asked him a question. If we did get it, would the hiking be hard? And he'd be like, yeah, it's going to be hard. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh. Well, and we'll get into the hiking part of it because that's something that, you know, you, me, and your dad were talking about a lot when we were out there on the hunt. So, but back to Michael a little bit here, like, you know, your side of things, when you received the phone call from Jeremy, you know, what was your thoughts? Like, holy crap, like this is like just got real. Honestly, it would, you know, still like I almost get chills thinking about it. Surreal. So I have a voicemail. I guess he had left it. Like Gavin said, we had just uh, landed uh, coming back from Florida. And I got a voicemail. It's Jeremy. He's like, hey, Mike, I have a couple questions. When you get a chance, can you give me a call? And my immediate thought was, okay, well, I probably, you know, didn't fill something out correctly on either Gavin or my application. You know, I never thought. Right. So I just call him back. I'm like, oh, hey, you know, hey, Jeremy, what's going on? He's like, nothing. He's like, you know, I I have some good news. I'm like, oh, really? What? He's like, you know, you drew the Wheeler Peak tag. I'm like, are you? And literally still to this day, it floors me. And he's like, (laughs) and I said me, meaning that your son, Gavin, drew it. And honestly, it was always a dream for me. But I never really ever thought it would ever happen. We just went over the odds. I mean, there's two non-residents that, that get that tag. I think there's either three or four for the whole state. So when you start adding these non-resident tags up in other states, it just it's obviously against you, but you have to be in it to win it. And um, it was a surreal feeling. I, like Jeremy said, I literally, he's like, you may need it. That. I said, yeah, I, I just I was in awe, literally in awe that um, – you know, I, to me, it's better than winning the lottery. I mean, you yeah. have to go home to the most, you know, pristine, you know, places in the lower 48 for Rocky Mountain sheep. And, you know, not only are, am I going, but I get to, you know, witness my son do it. It's actually, it's better. So, right. Uh, so, you know, that, that phone call happens. So you guys get the tag, like you, you know, you're awarded the tag. So now the real work starts in my opinion. So, from your perspective, was it like, oh, what the heck do I do now? Like, what is the next steps? Did, were you thinking something like that? I, I was, honestly, I was. And I'm not typically a nervous person. I'm a type A, very structured, you know. And I'm like, not only did we just get this unbelievable opportunity, but it's like inside, I think it was three months. Yeah, four months. I'm like, oh my God, we have to get gear. We have to. Now, granted, for me, you know, I have some gear, but I have to outfit Gavin. You know, we have to think about what type of weapon we're going to bring, book bag and boots. And, and just uh, perfectly honest with you, it, it, it was a little overwhelming at first. But, um, you know, just put a plan together and, you know, spoke to some family and, and some friends and bounced some things off Jeremy, too. And uh, we're able to, uh, you know, put an equipment list together. Well, and I think from Jeremy's perspective and WTA here, like that's something that like, I think they do very well as far as like the knowledge that they have for these hunts and WTA supplies a packet, right? A, like a trip packet. Correct. Oh yeah. A, a very detailed one. At yeah. That. Yep. So. so, so Jeremy, is there any way you can kind of, you know, hit on that packet and like the next step of like what, what is in there to kind of get everybody ready, the clients ready for these hunts? Yeah. So let's take one quick step back. So like I said, when I called Mike, told him, you know, congratulations to the tag. And then I was like, you know, take a day, think about it, just relax and I'll, I'll get back to you and, and we'll, we'll talk outfitters. Yep. You know, of course I, I pretty much know who I'm going to recommend, but uh, you know, give Mike and Gavin a day to let sure. things soak in and, and get started on the process. So yeah, then I call, make my recommendation. We we talk a little bit about it. You know, Mike takes a day or two. But what 
once it's booked, you know, we, we kind of decide on this outfit. Or, yeah, we send out a, a, a trip packet that comes with that. It includes everything from, you know, deposit receipts to trip insurance, whatever. But, yeah, included in that is your outfitter's contact information, all of that, and then a, a, a gear list that's mm-hmm. – we you know, pretty detailed gear list recommended, you know, best practices. This is what you should, we recommend, you know, just to kind of get the, I would think, you know, for, you know, Gavin and Michael, like you guys, you guys are from New Jersey. So you kind of come from the same fold I do in Michigan is like a lot of times guys like you don't go on hunts like this, like mountain hunts. So it's like, I can see that the wheels are like probably turning like, what the heck are we supposed to get? And Gavin's 13. So I could see you, Michael being like, He's going to grow out of this stuff in a year, <laughs> you know? So like 100%. How, how do we, you know, outfit him for stuff that he can use to the fullest, you know, and I can see that packet maybe coming in and really handy. Did it for you guys? It, it absolutely did. Um, and most of the gear that I, you know, bought for Gavin, we can use moving forward, you know, as far as like, you know, trekking poles and, and, and packs and stuff like that. Boots, we got to, you know, Boots are obviously expensive, but we got lucky because my wife has, you know, same size foot as him now. So um, at first it was overwhelming. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to spend a couple thousand dollars to outfit him and maybe I can sell it. Maybe I can't. Um, But after now going through it, looking back, it's like, okay, yeah, I mean, we're going to get some use out of some of this stuff, but more of half the stuff we're going to get use moving forward. So, um yeah, it, it, it definitely was overwhelming at first, and now going through it and seeing what we're going to be able to use, it's definitely um, it's going to work out. Yep. Okay. So that's good. So you got all the gear and everything now. Logistics as far as getting there, um, you know, Jeremy, what is the best practices for you? Like recommending people, you know, where how you know maybe you use this airline or you do this. Like, how do you work people through that kind of thing? Yeah, part of that trip package would. You know, our recommendation for a travel agent would be travel with guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do a great job. So yeah. <clears throat> that's one option there. Yeah, um, and I could see a lot of people being a little leery about traveling with guns, you know, on airplanes and everything. And a lot of people, it discourages some people that have never done it. So, you know, how do you work them through, you know, the process is really pretty simple, but how do you kind of ease their mind a little bit? Right. Like I said, the, the company travel with guns who specializes, they're, they're a travel agency. Okay, for, gotcha. For... uh for hunting, right? You know, they, they make the process really easy. Yeah. Um, we recommend them. And it's not that tough to fly with guns in the U.S. You start crossing borders, it can be a little more to it. But once again, part of our trip package and part of what WTA offers is uh, help with all of that. Yeah, for sure. So Gavin and, and Michael, so now, I mean, you have a little, mo- most of the summer to think about it and really start getting ready. So Michael, you being a father and, and wanting to, you know, have Gavin be completely ready for every scenario. Um, what was your guys's, you know, regimen for shooting? And, you know, you guys are pretty flat out, you know, in the East. So like, you know, what did you guys do to kind of get ready for that? So a couple of things I, I may want to just go back for a second. When Jeremy did recommend our outfitter, um, you know, I spoke with him and he, and Jeremy's like, look, not only is this guy one of the best there is, he's going to have a lot of advice for you as well. So when we were finally able to connect and, and book the hunt and, and speak with him, he gave me a lot of pointers too, you know, and one of the biggest ones I think, and, and I'm so happy that I, that we decided to do this is like you said, we live in New Jersey, basically at sea level and we're going to be hunting at, you know, 13,000 feet. That's a significant difference. Um, and his recommendation was to come out a couple of days early and, um, you know, kind of get acclimated. So not only was I nervous about, you know, the hunt, then, then I'm, I'm like, oh my God, now we're going to be hunting at 13,000 feet, way higher than I ever thought. Um, so with that, you know, we just put a plan together, same thing. All right. Hey, we're going to walk, you know, Gavin, I want you to walk five to six miles a week, right? He's an active kid. He does play sports. So I felt like he would be okay. Um, but we're hiking, we have boots, we have packs, you know, we have gear, we have guns. So, um, we probably, we ended up doing what about three hikes, um, where we could get somewhere in New Jersey up to about 15, 1600 feet above sea level. 
um, where we put our packs on and our boots and all of our gear to kind of simulate what we thought we would be doing. Um, Along with, I think we ended up shooting eight times, um, six or seven at the range. And I have a place in in New York State where we're able to go up and do some target practicing. And um, just trying to, you know, eat, eat better. I think we eat pretty good now, but just try to be in the best shape because, you know, I went in with this. It's like you have an idea and you think, you know, and, and we had an idea, but you don't really know. So right. we just have to be prepared. And from everything I've read, yeah, most of my hunting has been whitetail hunting. I've done some, you know, uh, mountain hunting, but not a ton, you know, feet are one of the most important things. So we, we invested in the best shoot, you know, boots that we could get. We made sure that they were good and broke in. And, uh, the packs were, were, was the second thing we made sure that we, you know, got the best pack that we could. So, um, with that game plan, looking back on it now, I, I really think that, you know, not patting ourselves on the back, but I think that, I think we were prepared. If you guys are looking for the best seat covers on the market, you got to make sure to check out rough tough. I've had them in my truck now going on four years and they are bulletproof. Make sure to check them out. Roughtough.com. Leopold offers the best optics in the game bar none. I personally have their Santium binos and never go to the field without their Pro Guide spotting scope. I've got a Mark V on all my rifles, and also don't forget they've got some awesome eyewear as well. For more information, visit leopold.com. If you're looking to book the trip of a lifetime, make sure to give the team at WTA a call at 1-800-755-8247 or check out our website, WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com. You were definitely prepared. You're definitely thorough. And I think, you know, something I didn't really take into consideration until I talked to you was, um, you know, you're basically at sea level. So when you were shooting your gun, you know, you're zeroing it in at hundred to 200 yards or wherever. And, but the turrets, you know, you're, you're going to be like, how's a gun going to react at 13,000 plus feet? Um, so that was like a big, big thing to, to think about as well. So, I mean, we'll get into like the process and when we got there and, you know, go shoot the gun and everything. And, um, but yeah, like you were very thorough with everything and, and I think WTA and tags like definitely helped you out just kind of get that ball rolling. I really like that packet. It really lays out everything for you and it kind of eases your mind. In my opinion, did it ease your mind and the next steps and what to do? Well, it did. And, you know, perfectly be honest with you between Jeremy, um, you know, our outfitter GT and you, Aaron, because I know, you know, you've been on a bunch of at least hunts filming between the three of you guys bouncing questions, because I know that I spoke to you probably a half a dozen times, yep. you know, on the phone about things kind of eased me a little bit that we were going in the right direction. But also, you know, a couple things that came up during conversations with Jeremy or GT or you, Aaron, um, I'm like, oh, man, I have to get this or I have to get that. So I felt like it was like... um it was a really good group um, that I was able to feed off to get information to get Gavin and I, you know, ready. And as far as like, you know, with Gavin being 13, I, I was a little nervous, but, you know, our motto is it's like, you know, we don't give up. We're, we're going to, you know, the only way, up, the only way to get this done is to keep moving forward and, and move up. Um, and I, I knew that we'd be up to the challenge, but you guys really, you know, solidified us in, in making sure that we were prepared for it. For sure. So let's jump ahead a little bit. So, you know, you guys have the tag, you, you spend most of the summer doing what you got to do to get ready. You got all your gear, you head to New Mexico, uh, actually flew into Denver and we both did. And, uh, I rode with you guys down to New Mexico. It was like a four or five hour drive. It wasn't, wasn't terrible. And we stayed in one of the most beautiful little towns, Red River, New Mexico that I've ever been to. Um, I recommend people going there. It's a really cool town, but, uh, we were there two days before. Cause I, even I was worried because I've been on a quite a few mountain hunts, but more than not, I get altitude sickness. So I really wanted to get out there and get a couple hikes and, and just get used to the altitude. Cause it's just something I can't get over for whatever reason it's in my head maybe. But, um, I really glad we did that. We went fly fishing and, and, had a really good experience there, but those hikes, you know, we did, we did some hikes and that helped out a lot too. I mean, Gavin, what do you think on that? Like that first hike we did just in Red River and gained some elevation. And what were you thinking after we got to as high as we did? Like, oh crap, what are we in for? Or, or what were you, where was your head at? 
I was, uh, I was kind of like, I was like, okay, I know I have to do this, but like, I know it's going to be hard. Right. Because like, I knew the hike was hard, but I knew it was going to be harder than it was. Right. I think that was, uh, go ahead. We were going to be side hill, side hilling it. So I was kind of like, if you buy that. Yeah, and did you learn anything on that little... I mean, it wasn't a terrible hike that we did, but, like, you know, your dad was talking about side hill and, you know, how to put your boots so you don't slip and fall, and and even going down a mountain is, is kind of difficult, you know? And um, what did you learn on that first hike that, you know, that was like, oh, I got to pay attention to what I'm doing? Oh, uh, like, yeah, side hilling was a big part of it because you fall down the mountain, kind of... Yeah, gonna um, gonna ruin the hunt. I think it was like balance and and leaning towards the mountain a little bit, and just yeah, you know, it was his first you know time really on a mountain like that, and I've only had a couple, but I think uh, he figured it out. I think that um, definitely that hike in Red River helped you out. What, what would you yeah. think? Got you a little, little yeah. bit more prepared. Yeah, it was it was nice because you were walking. You started at that little river and then you went up to the top. And that that's. That was our first hike at, you know, like 8,800 feet. So yeah. I think that was a you concern could, for me. You could feel that you were breathing different when you were hiking. Oh, yeah. You take like four steps and it's just like you're like shorter breath. I remember, you know, sleeping in Red River at the hotel or whatever. I was, I remember telling you guys that first night, like I'd wake up like six, seven times at night and I was just short of breath just sleeping. Yeah, I had, I had the same thing. Um, I woke up one night too. And to be honest... You know, I go right back to that support crew. You know, I think it would have been a much tougher time. We still get it done, but I think it would have been a much tougher time if we flew in on Friday and then started hunting on Saturday, me personally. Yep. So I think it was definitely the right call. Yeah, for sure. Um, Jeremy, do you have anything to add with altitude? I mean, you've been on some hunts too. Like, how do you you deal with the altitude or, or, you know, mountain hunts, I guess it is? Yeah, they can be pretty... It can be pretty severe if you're not uh, prepared for it. Yeah. I'd say just like uh, Mike and Gavin did, you know, preparation is, is key. Showing up early does make a world of difference. A little acclimation goes a long ways. But if you show up out of shape, it don't matter if you show up a week <laughs> early or not. Right. You know, yeah. talking to Mike, you know, beforehand, I knew they were doing the right things. Mm-hmm. From our conversations, you know, getting Gavin out shooting, uh, going on some hikes, just just doing all the right things. I wasn't I wasn't too worried. I knew it'd be a little bit of a uh, of a push, you know. From I've been on a few sheep hunts and yep, and you know, easiest sheep hunt still still a sheep hunt. So. Exactly, yeah. And I will say, like from my perspective, you know, you definitely be in the best shape you can be, but be in the best mental shape you can be as well. Like mentally tough goes way farther than in my opinion in a hunt like that than a physical ability does like if you're mentally tough to the nth to 10th degree like you can do things that you never thought you could do would you guys agree with that i really i i I, I totally agree with that i really like what gavin said when he said earlier he said it wasn't as tough as we knew it was going to be yeah right mentally he was prepared for a tough tough a a tough hunt so if he'd have showed up thinking it was going to be easy, that hike would have seemed really tough. For sure. But he grew, he showed up with the intention of going through a, a really tough hike, and then when it wasn't as bad as he thought, he's like, well, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like to uh, really psych myself out early on, I think, to – and then once we get up there, it's like, oh, that was that was all right. You know, I could do that again. <laughs> I, I, I agree. GT also saved us. Uh, at least three hours of hiking with the side by side. Yeah, yeah, that helped out a lot. I'm, honestly, I would say that would have been a day worth of hiking. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah, I think we would have ended up, you know, staying on the mountain. But to go back to the mental thing, it's just you know, with speaking with Gavin multiple times over, from finding out the day we drew till you know, oh, the day we we actually did the hunt. I'm like, look, it's one foot in front of the other, and we're doing this. So if you have that in your head, you know, obviously being in good shape as well, but you just have to put in your head, hey, you know, we got an opportunity here that's a once in a lifetime. I, I keep saying it uh, or what else does, right? So we're going to we're gonna make the best of it and we're going to give it 110% no matter what. And I think if you go in thinking that way, you're going to have a good result. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, Michael, you and I talked a lot extensively in Red River and just kind of BSing and talking about, you know, I've been on some sheep hunts and every one of them has been different, you know. So really going in with an open mind and really kind of accepting everything and just kind of rolling with the punches to me is like the best way to handle it. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. Being able to just come, you know, overcome any obstacle. We literally were thinking about 50 different ways that we're, you know, going to attack the mountain. Um, and I think we were prepared. And as long as you're ready to, you know, whatever comes your way, you know, we're still moving forward. So, yeah, for sure. So we stayed in Red River. You guys went fly fishing, had an unbelievable time fly fishing. Gavin killed it on the river. Let's talk a little bit about that, Gavin. How about uh, your first experience fly fishing out there? It was really fun. Uh, when I watch these YouTube videos on like fly fishing, I just I'm thinking that you like you want to whack in, just keep going. But no, it's kind of just like little over the flow, pretty easy. Honestly, I thought it would be a lot harder. Uh, my first cast, I cast it, and I was like, oh, okay. So I went back and did it again, and it just like. He was like, if you have one, just pull up. Pull, don't pull it aside. So, uh, I think it was a rainbow. He said it was. He a rainbow got my top, which was a. Uh, yeah, two flies set up. The indicator. My top, fly, yep. my top fly was the grasshopper, and he hit that. And I'm used to bass fishing because I go bass fishing a lot where I am because I have this pond, and so I go to the side, and I have one, but then he just like. When I, whenever you go to the side, you said, don't go to the side, pick it up. And then I started getting the hang of it, but yeah. Yeah. And you did catch a monster. What was it? A cutthroat? A rainbow cutthroat. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a a mix. Yeah. What was that? 14 or 15 inches? Was that what it was? Yeah. I think it was right in between that close to 15. Yeah. And that was the, the guy there, Peyton. He said it was the best one they've taken out of the river all, all year. I think it was, wasn't it? I know. And you keep adding all these up. It's like, you know, you replay it in your head. It's like, my God, we got, you know, this unbelievable tag. We have this experience, you know, we have an, you know, awesome outfitter. We're going to have this thing filmed, you know, so blessed to have all these opportunities. And you top it off with like one of the, you know, biggest rainbow cutthroat trout, the guy I call it all year. It's just, you know, it's just yeah. like one thing after another, after another. Yeah, it was a really cool experience for me as well, just filming and taking pictures. And that day was beautiful on the river. And I mean, you couldn't ask for a better better experience so transitioning a little bit so we had one more day so we the day after we went finally went into camp so gavin i'm and michael i'm really excited to hear from you like because i've been to camps like that and everything but you guys have never really michael you've hunted a little bit like that but i really want to know what your guys' experience was like pulling up to camp for the first time meeting gt meeting all the guys willie bobby like all the guys the cook and, you know, coming into camp and there was a successful sheep hunter the day before seeing that sheep for the first time in your hands, like, what was that experience like? So, uh, we, I'm going to say this one, uh, we walk in and no, first we drive and we go meet, uh, Bobby. He was one of the helpers of GC. And, uh, so we see him, we, we, we get, meet him at the gas station. Yes, and then we get we get to the ranch. We get to the ranch. It's really nice at first. I would think it was going to be worse because we have a farmhouse up in New York State, and it was a lot worse. So we were thinking like that. Yep. We get there, and it was actually it was nicer than what I thought it was going to be. It was pretty nice. We get there. I shake everyone's hand, and I'm like, wow, because I'm not used to people shaking like, they have man hands. <laughs> <laughs> they shake their hand hard and aggressively. Well, no. I mean, it's not like that, but like it was harder than what I thought. You're one of the be. boys now, Gavin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think like when we pulled up, it's it's all the expectations. You know, we've all been on hunts before, and your expe- expectations. We got there. It was way better than what I was expecting. Not that I was expecting something bad, but it's like you finally get to meet everybody. I feel like not everyone's nervous, but we just met. So it's somewhat awkward, but not really. Um, And then, you know, you get to see this ram there that you've only seen online or, you know, or or pictures or whatnot. And, And I think that for me really set in. I was like, wow, 
there's a Ram. Like, and you pick that up and you're like, wow, that's like, you know, 25, 30 pounds. I, I think it just kind of like, it really hit like a light bulb went off. It's like, holy smokes, you're, you're holding, you know, a Rocky Mountain cheap. Like this, this is insane. Um, and, uh, it, it, from that point on, it's like, all right, it's go time. Like we're here, we're doing it, we're in it. Um, all the guys were super, super nice. Um, and as you know, time went on a little bit that night, I felt like everyone felt a little bit more comfortable after you get through that first, you know, five minute greeting period. Yep. So Gavin, you know, we get into camp, we do all the, the meet and greets and everything. So your dad wanted you to shoot your gun and everything, but GT offered to, use his gun as well. So you shot both guns. What was your, what was your thoughts on shooting your gun that you've been shooting and then shooting GTs? Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones. Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast. Most items can ship overnight. Plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So, uh, well, I, I know what our gun is. It's good, but as when we were in the car on the way, I was like, Dad, if this guy has a better scope than this one, I'm definitely using that one. So, we get there, and he has the Gunworks gun, right? And so... He's got one of those guns where it has like the two like the bipod, the bipod, and I'm like, oh, I'm I already know I'm using this gun. <laughs> so he he lays it out for me, and I lay down and I shoot, and I'm like, all right, that's a really nice gun. And then I shoot mine one more time, and I'm like, all right, yeah, I know. So we walk out to the field and see what I shot. I shot good, but it was a little up to the left because of uh, he said he had it at 200. And we were shooting at like one hundred, hundred, yeah. 100. But you were you were both pretty much on. It was it was it would have been dead on it. He said if it was at a hundred. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so this is a big ticket for me, right? And I know that most people that go on hunting trips, myself included, it's all about your gear and making sure you're prepared and whatnot. But for this specific hunt, right? We talk about elevation, and I, and I go back to yeah, we're shooting basically, you know, at you know sea level. So I get the turrets, you know, I'm a big loophole guy. So I get the turrets for 10,000 and 12,000, but I'm one of those guys. If you never, you know, for me, yeah, the gun should be on, but the only way to really know is to go to 12,000 feet, put your turret in at 12,000 and shoot at 200 yards. I knew we were never going to do that. Right. Um, so the since speaking with GT and he said, listen, I have a gun. I want Gavin to use whatever he's familiar with. And both Jeremy um, and Aaron said the same thing. You know, use the gun that Gavin's most familiar with and feels most comfortable with. And nothing made me happier to see that he shot that Gunworks gun. You know, it was, you know, right where it needed to be. And he's like, I want to use it. Because GT has used that gun for, you know, years in these mountains. And he knows it's already dead on. So for me, that was another huge relief. I'm like... We don't, I don't have to worry about my gun, you know, maybe not being on, maybe being on. Now we have his gun and we know it's on. So it's another, you know, box that you could check prior to the hunt. And I know a lot of guys are big with their gear. I am too. But as, as far as coming down to hunts like this, I'd rather use something that's proven if you're familiar with it and you feel comfortable. I think I remember having a conversation a couple of times with you, Mike, about, about using GT's gun and, and you were asking my opinion and, you know, I guided for 24 years and I've carried a gun used a lot of people use my gun yeah well just like you said we were talking earlier and said you know if Gavin shoots it and feels comfortable with it you know I'd recommend using that gun you know 
Jeremy, with you guiding and, and outfitting and stuff like that for a long time, did you have a lot of hunters come in and just like prefer to use your gun just because it's been in the element, it's it's been, you know, in the altitude and everything? Did you have a lot of that? Sure, sure. Yeah. I, you know, the, some people show up and want to use their own gun, sure. which is perfectly understandable. And, yep. But uh, yeah, I had a lot of hunters use my gun. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, after the whole gun thing, you guys, we ate supper, and it was awesome supper. I can't even, did we have steak that night? Yeah, I think it was uh, empanadas. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Yep. Mexican. Yep. Great food. And uh, what was the game plan? I'll let you guys talk about the game plan for the next day when GT broke it down to me, sat everybody down, and was like, really wanted to have everybody you know bullet pointed out like this is what we're to expect this is what we're going to do so i mean gavin or michael whoever wants to take it let's uh start walking through the first day of the hunt like right when we get up i mean we had to get up real early (laughs) real quick uh gavin did you sleep at all that night Uh, i think we went to bed at 10 you you went to bed at 10 um and I think, you know, we got up at three that morning. The game plan was to get up at three and, and be out the door by four. I probably got it maybe an hour to an hour and a half. I was just, with the anticipation of this, I just could not sleep at all. Yeah, I was Aaron, the same I, way. I, yeah, I don't think you slept too much either, right? No. I once at like one and yeah. then went back to bed. I maybe got an hour of sleep that night. It was I was just ready. I was like, let's go to the mountain. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, basically the game plan, GT's from the area, very familiar, has been hunting in, I think, 20 plus years, right? So they, they did their scouting, they knew that there was, you know, good rams where we were going to hunt. So basically the game plan was, we were going to leave at 4am, you know, drive back to Red River, get in a couple side-by-sides, and uh, get us up to, I think, Aaron, you could correct me, I think we got to about 9,500 feet in elevation it was about an hour ride yes so we made about four thousand feet of elevation from where we started to get to 13 1 13 2 up in there so yeah so it was around seven to eight thousand feet i think somewhere in there they i wanted to go back to right before after when we were done eating uh willie and uh what's dallas dallas showed up those were the two people, they got caught in the rain up uh, the day before. They were the out doing before, some scouting, yeah. yes. So uh, he, he he showed us a really nice ram, which I ended up... Which we think, right? He, they were scouting the day before, yeah. um, talking with GT, trying to formulate a plan. And they had uh, two rams, one that they thought would, would definitely want to take another look at. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the plan, yeah. Yeah, so getting up that that next morning, strapping your boots on and everything, Gavin. What what's your mind space like? What what were you thinking? You know, uh, I was like, I was like, I just I wanted to get on the mountain. I wanted to be <laughs> on the mountain. Like, I wanted to be on the mountain, just ready to like shoot it and be there and have the experience. Yeah, and I think it's like you you finally get all those you know, thoughts in your mind of what it would be like. And, and you're like, Oh my God, Oh my goodness. It's actually here. We're here. Yeah. It kind of shocks you. It does. And it was just nice to find, it's like, Oh my God, we're finally here. The preparation, right. Only being three months, you know, um, and to finally be able to get out of that side by side and look up and you're like, that's another moment that I think we all, uh, at least for me, yeah. you're like, wow, here we are. Yeah. You know, pinch me kind of thing, you know, I can't yeah, believe we're like, doing this. Yeah. I was in awe. I was shocked. And, you know, GT wanted to be at, you know, after taking the side-by-side ride, which seemed like it took forever because we were going so high. Um, But, you know, he wanted to be where we were going to get ready to hike. He wanted to be there, like, right before daybreak, you know. So it was early, early morning. And, you know, I knew what we were kind of getting into, but I was just, like, anxious. You get to that point where it's just like, just get me there. Let's go. You know, let's find this ram and let's – Let's make a move. Um, so yeah, the side by side ride, we go up that that mountain and we get to, like I said, yeah, I think you're right, seven to nine thousand feet somewhere there. And then, you know, it's like, okay, let's let's start our hike. So you know, we're, we're in that first switchback, uh, doing the switchback and trying to make four thousand feet of elevation. Gavin, what's going through your head? Because I know it was going through my head. <laughs> uh, my head was like, all right, well, like, we're 
walk it up. We're doing a switchback, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, all right, not what I expected, but expected like that as well. So like, not, uh, I, I get what you're saying. It's not exactly what we expected, but it, it was. And that's kind of sounds silly, but it's like, we look at the mountain, you're like, oh my goodness, we're, you know, we're going to the top. And then you start doing it and you're like, okay, it's not as bad as I thought. Right. And all the things yeah. are, it's like, you know, my feet feel good. It doesn't feel like I have a 20 pound pack on, Yeah, you know, I'm breathing, up I'm breathing ground. almost normal. Right. It's, yeah. um, I'm like, man, I, we, we're going to, we're doing this. Right. Yeah. We're, we're, we're literally doing it. And that morning to add to it too, it's like the sun's coming up. I'm like, this is probably one of the prettiest sights. Yeah. We've so seen. we start walking up the hill and we're about like a quarter way up. And the guy who we met at the gas station, his Bobby. name is Bobby. Uh, he was like, yeah, sometimes, uh, the ram is down on the other side of the mountain range. So this is like, he was like, we may, some people met, like some people have to walk down the mountain range and um, And all the way back up. Yeah. I was like, you'll, you'll find out what we did. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, you know, the thing I really like that GT and the guides did is, you know, when we're switched back and they're, they'll even tell you, you know, no, no need for hero mode. You know, they'll, they'll walk 30 feet and we'll, we'll take a, a minute or two break and then walk another 30 feet and take a break because, you know, their whole thing is when we get up there and it be- becomes go time, you know, you got to be able to control your, control your emotions, got to control your breath and all that stuff. So, um, that was really a relief too. You know, nobody ever asked you how fast you went up the mountain, right? <laughs> no. And I just, again, I mean, Top notch, you know, not because we were successful, because the knowledge and, and the simple things like you just said, they know exactly what they need to do and how to how to get us from A to B. Um, and looking back on it, it's like, man, you know, we were fortunate enough to have them as an outfitter 100 percent Yeah, and don't get me wrong, it was tough. Like that hike was tough. Four thousand feet of elevation switchbacking, it took almost two hours to do what we needed to do. You know, so it was it was tough. So I want to skip ahead a little bit because we're kind of getting up on time. I want to be conscious of your guys' time as well. But you know, before like you, you know, Gavin alluded to Dallas and Willie, they they scouted a ram for us the day before. So going into this, we knew or we we had a good idea that there was going to be a ram in this area that we wanted to take. We just had to get to him and find him. Um, yeah. <clears throat> So then we get up to the top of the hill. I mean, we're above tree line. You know, there's no trees up there. We're looking down on trees. So, you know, we, how, I guess first, Gavin, remember when we saw like all the ewes that the, the female rams or female sheep yeah. that we were, like we were getting I real ne- close to them, weren't we? Yeah, I never knew we were going to get within 50 feet of a ewe ram. I just never knew that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how they just feed up there, like on top of the mountain in the middle of nowhere and kind of let you walk by. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, we get to, we get into position to start glassing and, you know, we, we locate the ram and he's bedded with another younger ram. So walk me through from there, Michael, let's start with you on this. You know, what was your thoughts when we actually found the ram? Like, okay, good. Let's, you know, what was your next like headspace of like, what do we need to do now? It's just another storybook, you know, line. It's like, we get to the top, you know, you locate this ram within, you know, it felt like a minute, but I know it was probably 15 to 20 minutes. And it's like, oh my goodness, you know, we're, it's go time. We're, we're, we're doing this right now. Right. And you can definitely tell the group and you, you can add as well, Aaron, the group immediately was excited. You can oh, yeah. see the energy. Everybody's, you know, pumped. They're pumped, but it's controlled. And like, all right, you know, GT, you know, has a little, you know, gathering is like, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it and let's go and that's basically how it was you know everybody's up all right this is what we're gonna do and and we're on our way for another two and a half to three mile hike switch back and down to get in a position to where this ram is bedded yeah and that hike there was was kind of difficult for me i don't know about you guys but it was all downhill you know and it was side hilling and some shale and some rocks that were just not sturdy and you know but that was the way we had to go with the wind that we had and where the ram presented itself like 
that's where we had to go. And I don't know what you guys thought about that, but it was kind of difficult. Again, right? I'm thinking the hardest part is going to be going uphill, negative. Getting to where we went with that ram was probably my my most nervous part of the hunt because we're going downhill and the shale wasn't an issue. It was just a lot of big rock, right? And I, I'm like, I have my 13 year old son in front of me, and it, you know everything's wobbly, and we're you know his first time really up on the mountain, and now we're side hilling, and I'm like, you really have to be leaning in the right way because I don't want you falling down. So I think he did an outstanding job. It was the most nerve wracking going downhill, which I would have never thought that. Right. But yeah. Gavin, what do you think on that? Part. Yeah, I was, I'm going over these like huge rocks and my dad's like holding on to like, like, you know, <laughs> when you go into school and you put your backpack on the little hook, yep. he was like holding on to that. And I was like, let go. I can't move. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, getting into position finally, I mean, I don't know, that hike probably took us a good 45 minutes to an hour to get down to where we needed to be, and then getting into position, and, you know, now it's like GT looks at us like, okay, now we just waited out, and this ram, he was over a, a, a mountain, you know, I say a mountain, but a, a big hill, we couldn't see him, you know, we just knew he was, we left him, we knew he, we thought he was there, but we were all, like, kind of game planning there, like, if he comes up on this 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 top to eat, you know, this is going to be a slam dunk, 200-yard shot. And, you know, he had a younger ram, ram with him, and that ram got up pretty early and walked out. And I was looking at you, Mike, and I was like – and I told GT, I'm like, I hope that ram does not go that way because filming-wise was not going to be very conducive. No, filming, you know, trying to get a shot, it would have been yeah. one of those quick, quick shots. De definitely not. And just to go back a little bit, just to kind of like paint the picture, when we're up on that mountain and we make the game plan, I say to JT, I'm like, hey, you know, for, for some reason, if I'm not sitting right next to Gavin, and he was probably laughing if you heard this, because I'm probably sure he says it to all the clients, I'm like, just make sure you tell him to breathe, take your time, and squeeze the trigger. And JT's like, don't worry, you'll be sitting right next to him. And I'm like, yeah, I, I've been on plenty of hunts where that doesn't work out. And of course... <laughs> Where am I? I'm the furthest from guy. You're in the you're in the nosebleeds. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. But uh, it's just funny how it works out that way, which is fine. I mean, GT it was probably better, way better, having GT next to Gavin because you get rid of that father son type. You know, like hey, it's it's a different adult. You know, giving you some instruction, making sure you're relaxed. You know, you're steady and you're and you're squeezing when you're supposed to be. So. Yeah, for sure. So we sit on this ramp for over two hours and this thing, you know, doesn't move. And, uh, I remember, I think it was GT or Willie. One of the two was like, he's right there. Gavin, what did you think when that Ram peeked his head over that mountain? Because I know what I was thinking. I was thinking, oh shit, it is going to happen here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, before that, uh, what's it called? Yeah, they said he stood up and... Uh, well, they thought, yeah, they're like, or get in position, uh, get position, because... Get in position, so... He's gonna, you know, I get in position, the and then I see his head, and I'm like, all right, GT's right next to me. I'm like, okay, I see him. And then he starts coming out further, and uh, I was just in my truck. I was like, oh, my God, he is huge. <laughs> and so I was like, can I shoot him? I was like, can I shoot him? And he was like, no, wait till his whole body comes out. And I was like, can I shoot him now? He was like, no, wait. And then he fully comes out, but his left horn is looking like down. Quartering to us. Yeah. So like he, I was like, can I shoot him? And GT was like, no, I don't want you to blow the horn off. <laughs> and, so he, and so I was like, if he looks to the right, can I shoot him then? And he was like, yeah. So he looks to the right and I'm like, can I shoot him? And he was like, yeah, shoot him. I do it, undo the safety. safety. Oh, wait, no. GT undid the safety because he was holding it, and he undid it. And I, I was like, all right, I'm shooting him. And then I just shot him, and yeah. Yeah, then we were in the chips. Then it we was were. crazy, though. Like, that ram, like, yeah. like the big man upstairs, you know, made that ram come out and just put on a show for us for nine minutes. We had Dude, nine minutes strength. of footage for him, yeah. He was like on a string. He was literally coming right to us. And, I, you know, everybody gets excited 
right before you're going to harvest an animal and whatnot, a lot of mine is, is whitetail hunting. So sitting on the mountain for two hours, no issue because we normally sit in a tree stand from sun up to sundown. Right. So, yeah. but when that Ram came out, uh, my heart, I'm glad that I wasn't sitting next to him because I was shaken like a leaf. I could not believe, you know, this was actually going to happen and then get to watch him, you know, take harvest this unbelievable animal. Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, surreal. So walking up to him, Gavin, I mean, the first time you walk up on your very own ram, and this thing is a toad, you know, after the fact, you know, was able to get him scored and everything, and this thing is a toad. So like walking up on him, when you've got to put your hands on him for the first time, like what what's going through your head? I was like, he is huge. <laughs> I I was like, I hope I get a big one, but I, I was like, I'm probably not going to get like the one that I got, and I was just like, oh, my God. And I touched the horn, and, well, first I pick it up, and uh, let's go back to where we saw that first round that that guy shot with me there. GT was, like, counting the rings, and he showed me, like, how old, how you can count. Yep. And so I'm counting the rings, and I think he's – uh. I think I said he was 10 at first. Yeah, you did. And GT counted them after, and he was like, yeah, I think he might be 11 because all the Rams up there have this, like, uh, pneumonia thing where it's... Yeah, well, they don't know if he actually had, you know, that or not, but his last year ring was actually pretty small, so it was hard to see. Once they started the caping process, they could see that he was definitely 11 because they thought he was 10. Yeah. They thought he was 10. Um, I, I'm going to basically say the same thing as Gavin. We were hoping we were going to be successful. Um, never in a million years thought that we'd be able to harvest a ram of this caliber ever. Um, I don't know for you, Aaron, I haven't seen many rams, but I, when I first saw them, I'm like, wow, that's way bigger than I was expecting. Way bigger. Yeah. It, same here. You know, I've been on fortunate enough to be on a couple of ram hunts. That's the biggest ram that I've ever filmed be killed so um you know and for it to be 11 years old and you know i i think we unofficially they you know gt scored at 182 or 184 or something like that he he scored it at 184 and fishing game i think uh he was 184 and five eights and fishing game was 184 and four eights and then with deductions it was 183 and five eights so gt again not only being the awesome outfitter he is, you know, they scored that thing two or three times, came up with the same score, and he was within one-eighth of an inch than uh, the fishing game did. What a ram. I mean, Jeremy, come back in here a little bit. Is When you got the phone call from Michael that he was successful, what what was your thoughts? Uh, Super excited for him. Been talking with with Michael throughout the process since we we drew. And, yeah, I remember, you know, being at home thinking, oh, I bet they're in New Mexico now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you know, today's the first day. I wonder how, I just remember thinking all day I was going. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, when, when Mike let me know and got me a picture of the Ram, I was super excited for him. That's crazy. What a story, though. <clears throat> and, you know, the hike out, too, wasn't the easiest one. I mean, we, it was like a two and a half hour hike out after we packed him up and everything. And, and it rained on us and getting back. So it was, it, we, I think we got the full experience. I'll just put it that way. Uh, I do too. I think we ended up, I think you were the one that said it. I think we we're a little over eight miles. I think it was eight and a half miles for the day. Yeah. Uh, um, so all in all, yeah, the hike out, you know, little rain, obviously a lot of elevation up and down, but um, so happy to be, you know, so fortunate to be able to harvest one on day one. Um, and I feel like we got, a full experience of it. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. do. So, so real quick, let me fill in something here too. Is uh, I'm sure Mike, as a father, you were super proud of your son, right? Like it had to be an unbelievable moment. And I think I shared this with you before, but uh, I don't know if Gavin knew or I'd share with him. But you were talking earlier about when you shook their hands, how they had man hands, and <laughs> you know sometimes sheep hunters are a different breed, but. Uh, you know, you got their respect. I know when I talked to GT and stuff after the hunt, he was nothing but complimentary of of, of Gavin, his uh, composure, that he worked hard, you know, that they'd put in time, like nothing but complimentary of 
of you, Gavin and, and Mike, but, uh, you know, as a father, I know that's something that would make me super proud, you know, some, some hard men that, that do hard things and, and you've got their, you know, your 13 year old boy earns their respect. So congratulations to both of you guys. No, thank you. Th- thank you so much. And, um, you know, that, that means a ton. And, um, again, I keep saying it's a once in a lifetime because odds are, you know, it probably is. Um, and it was almost better that way. You know, I got to go on this unbelievable hunt and watch, you know, my 13 year old son, you know, climb the mountains and, and, and take a hard shot and, and, and grow up, you know, almost in front of you. And I got to be honest, not a very emotional person in life. Um, but definitely was my most emotional hunt. And, you know, when he, when we saw that ram fall down the hill, um, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was emotional. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to come here and echo all that stuff as well. I mean, GT ran an unbelievable operation. I, all the guides were awesome. Gavin, I have mad respect for you, man. I'm glad I got to meet you and Michael. And, you know, now I have a couple friends for life, I feel like. So if I ever come out to New Jersey, we can be fist pumping. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm hoping to be out West somewhere doing another hunt. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad I just got to tag along too and WTA and tags. Like I'm super happy that this happened. Cause when we, this came across the marketing desk, it was like, we have to film this. This is a once in a life opportunity. And I'm glad we did because, um, the experience we've, we've talked about through this whole hour of talking was second to none, but the footage is, is unbelievable in the pictures. And like, I'm just su- super happy that I got to tag along. Yeah. Like, and we're super happy that we got to meet you. We're super happy that it feels like we're now part of this very small, um, awesome sheep family. And, you know, I said, I've said it once. I'm going to continue to say this does not happen without, without Aaron. Uh, I'm sorry, without Jeremy, you know, bringing up, putting Gavin in and, um, doesn't happen without WTA and Mark Peterson and allowing us not only to have, opportunity to do this hunt of a lifetime but then to have it filmed i mean are you kidding me we have this footage for life and um to be able to what i think is you know by far the best outfit i've ever been with gt from frontier outfitters it's literally a storybook from start to finish um and i want to thank both of you guys because without you this doesn't happen it just does not happen well you're welcome michael thanks for letting me be a part of it yeah and you know, it's, I'm going to continue to say, you know, if anybody's listening to this and you're thinking about doing this, you got to put your name in, right? And if you have any children that want to do it, put their name in because this, you know, this could be you next time. I hope it is. I hope it is another father, son or father, daughter um, that, you know, hears about this hunt and they're like, oh my goodness, you know, what a great experience. It only happens with WTI. Yeah. It's the only way this happens. Jeremy, can you elaborate a little bit on that? If people do want to get you know, in for these draws and, and get a portfolio started, can you kind of give them the elevator pitch of like how to do that? Absolutely. You know, the easiest way to do that is just give us a call here in the office. They'll get you in contact with one of the consultants here. Everybody here is great, yeah. super knowledgeable, knows what they're doing, dialed in on this stuff. Um, <clears throat> if you can tell, I'm losing my voice, so <laughs> I've been pretty quiet. But, but uh, yeah, the WTA tag service is fantastic, you yeah. know, and – not only for youth, right? The the youth is a, is a great benefit, and, and this is a prime example of that. And it's, you know, a great opportunity for those kids to start building points or getting to put in for these unbelievable hunts. But just the tag service in general, you know, it's, it's a complicated process. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in the office here with the other consultants every day dealing with this, but if before, it's, it's complicated. It's hard to keep up on some of all that's changing and and remember all the dates and and all of that. So, yeah, it's it's what we do. It's we're, we're happy to be here, and we like helping people draw tags like this. And like I say, just Heck getting yeah. to be a part of it. Heck yeah, man! Well, again, I'm gonna say thank you, Gavin and Michael um, and Jeremy for doing this today and and taking an hour out of your day. Gavin, awesome hunt, man! I'm glad I got to be a part of it. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, do you guys have any closing thoughts, Michael or Gavin? Thank you. Uh, again, just thank you to everybody. Um, an unbelievable experience, and it's it's just it's it's amazing 
to be able to do a hunt like this and then you know meet the people that you meet it's like social media you know wild sheep foundation and speaking to people in new mexico fishing game mark peterson messaging me on instagram i'm like are you kidding me who are we you know we're getting we're getting a message from mark peterson on instagram it's just it's insanity um so it, unbelievable experience and opened a ton of doors for us and we're just so blessed to be able to have the opportunity and meet all these amazing people that's awesome well thank you guys again very much and uh hopefully we'll be able to you guys will draw another tag and we can go on a, another trip with you <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> i hope so <laughs> well thank you guys very much thank you thanks gavin thanks mike Thank you everyone out there for all the support and downloads. Don't forget, go leave a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. That always helps. Also, if you're looking to book the hunt of a lifetime, go visit WTA at WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com or give the team a call in the office at 1-800-755-8247.